When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Alessandra. And today we're going to do our annual Oscar predictions. I am so excited about this. Honestly, I've been waiting months. (laughs) So, so much time waiting for these to happen every year. Um, So they are, as as of right now, they are next weekend, I believe, right? Two weeks. What? Two more weeks? Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're oh, not no. gonna be around next weekend, so then we have the weekend after that. That's right. I'm skipping over I'm skipping over the weekend, I'm gonna be gone. All right. Yeah. Two more weeks. Um I would also like to mention that within this podcast I do live in New York City, so I cannot attune for all the crazy noises that you hear around me. <laughs> it is a Sunday, but just putting it out there again. That that noises may happen. Noises may happen. I don't know what it could be. It could be anything. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we have this list of most of the Oscar um, nominations. Uh, we didn't put like we did, I didn't. I took out like the sound editing and stuff because I don't. You know, we don't really know a lot about that stuff. So yeah. I kind of just threw in things that maybe we might know about. So we're gonna start from the back to the front like we did last year, um, but instead it's the bottom up. Um, so the first one would be visual effects. I think we started with that last year as well. I believe so. Yeah, because I hadn't added it to the list, and then we talked about it. So we could do our uh, announcements, I guess. Um, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? For who, who the nominees are. <laughs> oh, oh, our our announcer voices. Um, yes. Sure, I can start. <laughs> For visual effects, the nominees are Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong, Skull Island, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, War for the Planet of the Apes. All right. So we separated it between what we want to win and what we think will win the actual Oscar. Yeah. Do you, do you, want, do you want me to go first? Sure. Um, I put that I want Blade Runner to win and I think it will win. Oh, okay, great. Um, I put that I want Blade Runner to win, and I actually put that I think War for the Planet of the Apes will win. Really? Yeah. I think uh, the fact that the um, digital, like, the the motion capture that they do for that is so amazing that um, I think it'll just win basically on technical merit. Mm, True, true. Yeah. All right. Next we have costume design. This one's exciting. Yeah, this some of these costumes were were really great this year. We had some awesome stuff. Um, so um, I'm gonna read the the name and who designed them as well. Okay. So the awards for <laughs> the nominees for costume design are Beauty and the Beast, Jacqueline Duran, Darkest Hour, Jacqueline Duran, 
What? Phantom Thread. Mark Bridges. The Shape of Water. Louis Sequeira. Victorian Abdul. Consolata Boyle. So, I want Phantom Thread to win, and I think it will win. That's what I put. <laughs> um, I also thought that the, the costumes for Beauty and the Beast were really extravagant and beautiful, but... Yes, I just, we did I get just to think, see those, too. I just think the um, Phantom Thread, those costumes were so beautiful, and they looked so like dainty and delicate and like like a lot like a lot of love went into those where I don't know sometimes the the beauty and the beast kind of seemed a little over the top and uh yeah I mean I think they were good for what movie they were in and all of these these outfits were definitely really good for the movies they were in yeah nothing in Victoria and Abdul really stuck out to me um yeah I mean Mm -hmm. Judy Dench wore some very layered items, um, uh, but other than that, and then, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. a period drama, and a lot of these are, so I think that they, I mean, all of them are, actually, so they're the, usually the ones who are nominated for costume design, but I really think it's going to be Phantom Thread. I think so, too, because those were just beautiful, so I mean, beautiful. the movie was about dressmaking, so, you know. Yeah. It's got to be good. <laughs> and you had you had a lot of, of beautiful items to look at. They were, oh my god, so amazing. Just exceptional. So amazing. Um, so, then we have Makeup and Hair. The nominees for Makeup and Hair are Darkest Hour. I, I'm not going to say these names. Victoria. <laughs> Too many people. Victoria and Abdul and Wonder. There's only three. I That was... Yeah. I thought that was I know, super... surprising. I was trying to think of other movies that possibly could have... Like, I don't know. I mean, couldn't, um, like, Guardians uh, of the Galaxy been here? I mean, they did some crazy makeup for their people, but, you know, it's the same makeup as the first one, but still. Yeah, I um, think, uh, yeah, definitely, like, maybe that or, um, or another alien even... movie like Valerian or something, but a lot of those were CGI. Yeah, CGI. Yeah, I was trying to think of something that wasn't CG. What about yeah. even um, Shape of Water? I'm pretty sure a lot of prosthetics and makeup went went into the the um, amphibian man. Oh yeah, so hundred percent here. I mean, we'll, I we'll talk know. about we'll talk about snubs, but sorry, I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I wanted to bring snub, it up. No, I would say I would agree that that's Dude, a snub. Right? I mean, yeah, completely. I, yeah, so snub right there. <laughs> I'm 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 adding it right here. Snub. All right. <laughs> amphibian man. Oh uh, yeah. Well, okay. I put. For makeup and hair that I want Darkest Hour to win, and I think it will win. I think that too. I um, Darkest Hour was was the last movie I watched, and uh, I was shocked that that was Gary Oldman. I was like, I know. For the oh longest time, I, I was like, oh, who plays Churchill? And, and I wonder what I wonder what character Gary Oldman plays because you know he won the Golden Globe. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, who is who is he gonna be? And I'm like, oh my god, he's Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had no idea. I yeah, like, I know. I was it's like, amazing. he looked like a completely different person. It was crazy. Oh, it really God. was. It that, really was. That was amazing. Like, and, and his whole his whole uh, gobble that they added in there, man, that was <laughs> that was some great stuff. Oh my God. Was, uh, okay. God, and the way it moved so well. Oh my God, it was crazy. Um. So yeah, that definitely needs to win. Okay. So then we have original song. Mighty River from Mudbound, Mary J. Blige. 
Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, Sufian Stevens. Remember Me from Coco, Kristen Amberson Lopez and Robert Lopez. Stand Up for Something from Marshall, Diane Warren and Common. This Is Me from Greatest Showman, Benji Pesek and Justin Paul. So I want Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name to win, but I think that Remember Me from Coco is going to win. I put that I wanted three to win. I I want <laughs> the key. What? There's no. There's gonna be. There's gonna be no. I, I'm I'm not putting just one want because there are. Oh really? No. I, I put multiple. <laughs> I put multiple in in a lot of these. So just you're gonna. I put multiple. It was a hard year. You're right. So I can't. Yeah, I can't okay. pick one. It's it's ridiculous. I can't. No. I'm not. Oh, okay. Fine. Okay. I refuse. Um, it's fine. So it's okay. I, even though I, I had watched Mudbound, I forgot what Mighty River sounded like. And so I, I listened to the ones that I hadn't listened to. And Stand Up For Something was really good. Yeah. I, was, I yeah. was listening to it and I was like, this song is awesome. And so I put that I want that one to win. And Remember Me from Coco. And I do want Mystery of Love to win from Call yeah. Me By Your Name. Because, um, you know, after that Call movie. Call Me By Your Name. I was listening to that song for weeks after we watched Call Me By Your Name. I'm so. still listening to it. I'm still listening to all of Call Me By Your Name every day, all the time, like constantly. So uh, I'm not yeah. I'm not there anymore. I've moved on to ELO because I got to get ready for my concert. But uh, uh, no, um, I have not moved on. I'm alone a lot of the time. And a lot of the time I spend thinking about Call Me By Your Name or watching it. <laughs> <laughs> the songs also just make me sad, so I I try to stay away from those. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I put I put that I I think remember me will win just because. I oh, think, you put the same as me. Yeah, I because I was thinking about these songs and Mighty River sounded like it was just like an end credit song, which you know some those can those can be like a hit or a miss, but I think that one was actually really good. Um, Mystery of Love was really good, but. I think Remember Me will win because it wasn't it wasn't just a song that was, you know, just written for the movie. It actually had a lot to do with the plot and it's it's a lot more yeah, complex in its role in the movie. Yeah. So I think I think just because it has such a deep rooted meaning and purpose for the movie, I think it's definitely gonna win. And it's got it's got so much feeling. Especially the two versions they sing of it, you know, the more yeah the more the mm-hmm. more upbeat, entertaining version and then the sad the acoustic the sad yeah. lullaby version. Yeah. So it's just I think I think that one's gonna win because it was so good. Yeah, yeah. Great. From Coco. Yeah, yeah definitely. Alright. Um, then you have to do original score. A so let's see. Um, nominees for original score are Dunkirk, Hans Zimmer, Phantom Thread, Johnny Greenwood, The Shape of Water, Alexandre Desplat, Star Wars The Last Jedi, John Williams, Three Billboards Outside of <laughs> Ebbing, Missouri, <laughs> Carter Burwell. <laughs> Sorry, I got it. You I did it. I'm joking. Went well, a little out of character there. Yeah, the same joke as last year when we were talking about all of the uh, Star Wars. Um, gotta gotta bring back those animated uh, movies. Yeah, gotta bring back those, the Family uh, Guy Star Wars. Those running jokes, man. They're they're there for a reason. Um, <laughs> John Williams. John Williams. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I, those are I all were, amazing. Hmm. 
I did, this was really hard just because I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of what the music like, like did for me. Like you know, when, when I was watching the movie, I was because you know, a score is hard for me to remember sometimes unless unless it really stands out. Like um, like like Dunkirk really did for me. Um, I remember while I was watching Shape of Water, which I loved, by the way, I think you told me that I was going to like it. I, <laughs> I, I loved it so much. I was oh, oh, oh yeah. my God. Okay. Well, we so haven't gotten good. there yet, but all right. <laughs> well, I know, but because, because I, I want Shape of Water to win for original score. Cause I remember the music being, being, I, I was, I was telling, um, Kiefer at work that the movie reminded me of Amelie. Yes. And I, I, you know, I love Amelie. Um, and, and the music was very, I don't know, it was very, like, meticulous and very distinct. And I, I remember hearing it while I was watching it. And so that's the one I want to win. But I think, I think Phantom Thread might win. Or, or, uh, or Dunkirk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want Dunkirk to win, but I think Shape of Water will win. Really? Yes. This this was hard. I, I couldn't choose which one will win. I just put Phantom Thread just because I, f- I figured it was good. I don't really remember it. I don't know why I put Will next to that one. <laughs> um, I mean, it's really hard because what we want to win does not necessarily mean that it will. Like, it, you know, we we are just, we, are, we try to figure out what the what the Academy is going to choose. And that's really difficult sometimes. Yeah. And I, I still haven't haven't figured out like what what the academy would choose that's such that's so hard like i don't i don't know what the what the algorithm is or what the what the voting process is but i it's hard to pick what they're gonna win what they're gonna I choose know, to win it's really it's, difficult especially what what happened last year i know seriously um, i mean god just listening to our podcast over again and just like we talked about moonlight just at the very end and it was like that's the one that won, you know. I know. I was I was listening to it and I was like, wow, we were really talking very heavily about Moonlight, but we never we never said that we thought it would win. Like No, we never did. We never did. We loved it though. We were just like this is a great yeah, movie. Yeah, we, we were we were like just... raving about it at the very end there and we just didn't yeah. just didn't occur. <laughs> didn't There's think, so... oh, maybe it'll actually win. <laughs> yeah. I would love I'd love uh, Dunkirk to win too cuz I I remember that that score. That score was really that good. That score really yeah. stuck out to me too. I don't I don't know why. Yeah, well, uh, we're just zooming through this. Next, we got production design. Um, and the nominees for production design are Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water. And I just would like to say that the same people who did production design at Beauty and the Beast also did the production design for Darkest Hour. Which, uh, if you didn't hear from before, is the same with the costumes um, mm, yeah. for both Beauty and the Beast and Darkest Hour. So, must be a lot of the same people, the same team, probably the yeah. art team. Um, but I, I want Blade Runner twenty forty nine to win. Um, but I think that The Shape of Water will win. I put that I want Blade Runner to win, and I think Blade Runner will win. Oh, okay. I hope Blade Runner wins something. Let's. Uh, I know. That... fingers, because it, it really can only win the technical stuff. It didn't get nominated for Best Picture, so... Snub! Ugh. Snub. Yep. Snub. <laughs> Snub. 
Well, I kept the film editing in here. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. Um, nominees for film editing are Baby Driver, Jonathan Amos, and Paul Maklis. Dunkirk, Lee Smith, I, Tanya, Tatiana S. Rigel, possibly. The Shape of Water, Sidney Walensky. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, John Gregory. Um, I put that I want either Baby Driver, Dunkirk, or I, Tanya to win. <laughs> and I put that I think Dunkirk will win. I want Dunkirk to win, and I think Baby Driver's going to win. I know. Baby Driver's editing was it was good. <sighs> yeah, it was really good. It was definitely a positive, the plus of that movie. That was the only so. plus of that movie. The music's and, pretty and, good, and music, too. And music, and music, sorry. I spoke too soon. <laughs> music. <laughs> Editing and music. So. Editing and music were spot on. Yeah. Um, All right, then we got um, yeah. cinematography. Right, yes. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, Roger Deakins. Darkest Hour, Bruno Denbono. Dunkirk, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Mudbound, Rachel Morrison. The Shape of Water, Dan Lauston. I would also like to say I think Rachel Morrison is the cinematographer um, who was nominated, who also did, um, she, she just had Black Panther come out this, this past weekend. So, Oh, really? Yeah, she's, like, really awesome, so it's, it's really exciting that she's nominated. Oh, dang. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want Blade Runner 2049 to win. And I think Dunkirk will win. Yeah, I put I want Blade Runner to win or Dunkirk, and I put that I think Dunkirk will win. Yeah, um, the cinematography in all of these movies is really amazing, though. Like, even in, in Darkest Hour, it was, like definitely a, a big part of that film and it was really good so and and mudbound too yeah mudbound was it was it was interesting watching that it was very for some reason it somehow was able to make things look vibrant but then dull like yeah i think a I lot don't... of the color the color was definitely the uh like you know the the color correction and everything that's that's really uh yeah, it was it was crazy. I really liked that movie though. Yeah, I did as well. I did as well. Okay, we're getting into up. the big the big stuff now. Woo! Here we go. Um okay, so nominees for original screenplay are The Big Sick, Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani. Whoop whoop. Uh Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig. The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Martin McDonough. And let's see. The Big Sick was one of the last movies I watched, too, and I really enjoyed that one. So I put, and I thought that the screenplay was exceptional in that. Um, it really was. So really I put, good. I put that I want that one to win, Lady Bird to win, and Three Billboards, because I thought Three Billboards was, was a real story. It felt so real. Mm -hmm. It was 
crazy. I, I even looked at the billboard trying to find them because I was like, is this not a true story? And I had to find read an article knowing that it, it wasn't. Um, no, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> and I, So I put that I want that one to win, and I think three billboards will win. Oh, great. Well, um, I really want Get Out to win um, because it, it. I think that screenplay is, is exceptional as well. I think The Big Sick and Get Out were just so expertly crafted and mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is kind of the only time we can talk about The Big Sick because it's not really nominated for anything else. But, like, I love that movie. It was so, like, it was such a cute comedy, but also had that, like, layer of being just something really important and something really great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the parents were just so good. I mean, seriously, amazing. Yeah, they were. Um. I think that, so since I want Get Out to win, because I think Get Out is, like, fantastic, but I think Three Billboards will win um, the original screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just too well well crafted as well. Um, It just seems more of, like, an Oscar winner. I I don't, but I don't know. Things are changing, so maybe not. It's... You can really only tell um, after every after every year of movies comes out, which was which was really interesting. It was like I was reading. Um, I have some tidbits and quotes from the newest from the ninetieth special edition Oscar uh, Entertainment Weekly magazine. There were some. Hey, I had some tidbits from that too, but just a couple. <laughs> I, I, I got some fun facts from that one because I thought, I thought some of the earlier um, yeah. information about the Oscars were really interesting. So I had some put some of those down. And then oh, just the, okay, the, great. the very first article by Darren Frenich, I thought, had some really interesting um, quotes in there. Like how, what was it? It was like, oh yeah, this one. With the Academy Awards, the movie business defines its excellence, and the definition is always changing, expanding. Art evolves, and the industry does too. And it's it's extremely interesting to see just how different and evolved the movies have gotten over these 90 years of... Definitely. Of Oscar movies. It's it's crazy. And then, like, there's another part where it's like, the the Academy's 90 years is honoring history. Like thinking back about movies that have come out during the time that these wars were happening was just yeah yeah I just there's there's some movies in, the, in these articles that i want to i want to watch like some really old ones some old ones about dunkirk like that are just interesting so i thought what when you brought up when you brought up uh you know it's hard getting harder to choose every year because you know art keeps evolving and and movies keep changing. It just made me think of uh, what he was saying. In the yeah, articles. that's definitely true. And it's it is like becoming more exceptional with these original screenplays, like telling different stories and telling you know different kinds of stories. And so I, I really love it. Um, and now yeah. we have adapted screenplay, um, yes. which is also exciting. So. Um, the nominees for Adapted Screenplay are Call Me By Your Name, James Ivory The Disaster Artist, Scott Newsader and Michael H. Weber Logan, Scott Frank and James Mangold and Michael Green Molly's Game, Aaron Sorkin Mudbound, Virgil Williams and Dee Rees And um, 
I did not see Logan or Molly's game, so it's hard for me to judge this, but I really want Call Me By Your Name to win, and I think it will win. Um, the only one I did not see was Molly's game. I tried so hard. I even thought about going out and trying to buy it, but I don't think it's on DVD yet. Um... But I did see Logan. But if if anything's adapted off of Logan, it's just off the Marvel comics, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I was trying to think of what might have transferred well. And, I mean, that's a little hard to to defer because, you know, I, at least I still haven't finished Call Me By Your Name, the book. But um, I read through most of it. And I put that I want that one to win and I think it will win. I also put that I want Mudbound to win because um, I actually really want to read the book now that I know that yeah. Mudbound was based off a book because uh, some crazy shit happens in that movie. I know. That was a really good movie. And the ending was, like, so Insane. crazy. Oh, I mean, my gosh. I just, like, don't... I mean, we've been doing this podcast for, like, what, 25 minutes now? And we did not mention that we're going to have, like... um spoilers for this stuff but like <laughs> oh Mudbound I mean, was yeah <laughs> I, I just but I, I would recommend it if you haven't seen it like it's on Netflix it's a Netflix produced film um which is really exciting that it was you know nominated um just for some stuff I mean but the big sick was a, an Amazon film so that was also nominated like so it's really great seeing these these uh different platforms yeah um, these yeah streaming platform originals that are just taking a chance on these uh, stories that people are bringing to them. I really, I really appreciate what they, what they're doing for the entertainment business. It's a, uh, it's really great actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Cause we're getting some great stuff every year. It's, it's insane in movies and in TV shows. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I still, you know, I've read call me by your name twice now. So I, I just, I still think that that adaptation is just so so amazing and so fine-tuned um so perfect it's a perfect accompaniment to the book the movie is um so i I really like the choices made and all of everything that they decided to change and and adapt and and i i'm like excited like i really really hope it wins i will be very sad if it doesn't (laughs) yeah i'll be I'll be sad too because what the disaster artist was probably just adapted off of the original movie and then yeah the room and yeah um, was there like a documentary or something that had come out yeah during the I making think it was a of book the room? actually I think it's oh, okay. a book called the disaster artist actually yeah I watched that one it was it was a little difficult to watch <laughs> yeah I mean it's kind of funny but it's also like sad and you're like what am, am I supposed to like feel bad for this guy because he's so weird no i don't i don't i don't feel bad for tommy he he was annoying i could not stand i couldn't stand him i honestly (laughs) he (laughs) yeah yeah um i am i i did like how at the very end of the movie they did show uh the recreations of the scenes from the movie and and how and how similar they were it was hilarious yeah yeah, it's it's crazy. Can't believe that was ever made. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Right, it's my turn. Um, animated feature. The nominees are The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner. Um, oh, wait, I want to start over. I want to say these names. The, the uh, Boss. Okay. Start over. 
Japanese for animated feature are The Boss Baby, Tom McGrath, Ramsey Ann, Naito. The Breadwinner, Nora Twami and Anthony Leo. Coco, Lee Uncritch, Darla K. Anderson. Ferdinand, Carlos Saldana. Loving Vincent, Dorota Kobiela, Hugh Welchman, Sean Bobbitt, Ivan McTaggart, and Hugh Welchman. Hey, good job for saying Hugh Welchman's name twice. <laughs> Whoa! It is in here Why twice. Why is his name in twice? I'm Alfonso, sorry. Alfonso, what did you do? I don't I don't know why it's in there twice. <laughs> he must have done such a good job. It, uh, he... Unless, uh, unless, there's, unless, there's, two unless there's two Hugh Welchmans, man. Unless there's two Hugh Welchmans. What are the chances of that? I mean, come on. Um... So, I tried really hard to watch The Breadwinner, but again, it is nowhere to be found. So <laughs> You did try, you did try. I, and also because they, um, uh, it's made by the makers of Secret of the Kells, and that, that I found that on yeah. Netflix one day, and I loved that movie, so I really wanted to watch it. And Song of the Sea, which was nominated, what, two years ago? Yeah, I do remember that. And I wanted to watch that one, too, but I was never able to find it. I think I can rent it now on Amazon, so I think I might. I thought The Secret of Kells was on Netflix. Is it still on Netflix? I watched it a few years ago. I don't I don't remember. It was It was on Netflix a few years ago when I watched it. Uh, I don't know if it still is. But um, judging by the trailer, The Breadwinner looked really good. I put that I do want that one to win, even though I haven't seen it, but it looked really good. And if it's by the makers of Secret of the Kells, it's probably got a really good story. And, um, and then I want Coco to win. I tried to watch Boss Baby, but, um, I could only make it through 25 minutes. So, um, <laughs> so I stopped. And then, All right. and then Loving Vincent was, you, you can go ahead and let me talk about him. Oh, um, I want Coco to win and I think it will win. Oh, that's right. I think Coco will win too. Sorry. I put yeah. that in there. Um, yeah. So Loving Vincent definitely was an amazing movie um the story was okay yeah i it I was think, it was all right i you know i really liked all the actors in it and I, yeah the they gave really great performances great. and the yeah. art was fantastic like i loved how the how the painting like moved so much like it must have been so much work like i really liked that aspect of it but the story was just it it really fell flat I I think even the ending was not very satisfying because it, it all takes place after Vincent kills himself and then yeah. it's like them talking about him and all the people in his life and um, Douglas Booth is like going around trying to get people to he's trying to get a letter to his brother but then it turns out his brother's dead and then it's like you know it, it's just kind of talking to people about Vincent and I mean we, yeah. got, we got like a really good cast in it though it's like you know Douglas Booth, Helen McQuarrie, like Shersha Ronan. Um, oh, we got like there's just so many people, um, but it was definitely like an amazing feat of filmmaking because every single frame of this film was an oil painting. Yeah. Um, so that just like the idea of that alone is insane, and you know it's kind of like it's just so exceptional that it should get like noticed for that. Definitely, because, yeah. Um, it is a little sad that the story fell a little short, but still, it, it definitely should be recognized for the for the revolutionary feat in, in animation that it did. It was... It was beautiful. 
the way that they yeah. did it. But I really think Coco will win just because of, uh, th- there's a lot of factors, but, you know, it- it's a Pixar film that really touched a lot of people, but obviously the the actual animation itself is just amazing and fantastic with the Allegri Haze and the, basically the underworld or whatever, like the, the world of the dead is so inventive and so beautiful and, you know, um, it just it has just an incredible story. I really think it's going to win. Yeah, the music is extremely beautiful, and the screenplay is very well done. Um, the voice acting, it was it was all extremely well thought out and very well, very well um, done. Yeah. All right. So uh, then we've got a big one: best director. And the nominees for Best Director are Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan, Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. And I want Jordan Peele to win, but to be honest, I want Nolan and Gerwig to also win. So yeah. I guess I could have the both on there. And I think that Gamble del Toro is going to win. Yeah. I Yeah, I put that I want Shape of Water to win and that I think it will win. Um, snub to... To... Uh, uh, what's his name? Denis Villeneuve. He, yeah! <laughs> and... And... Um, uh... Call him by your name, Luca. Oh yeah, Luca Guadagnino for yeah. sure. Yeah, why, why? Yeah, why aren't any of them yeah. on here? Like, come I, on. I don't know. We just had such great directing this year. I, yeah, that the, that one is uh, that's hard. That's I really... think I think those are snubs. Those are those are total snubs, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there was a lot of really good directing this year. I just, I, it's it's. There's a lot of really good movies, so it's, it's really hard. <laughs> can, can only emphasize that a I million know. times. We um, can only just, I mean, seriously, like, again, last year, every film was amazing. And it's, you know, like, again, it's like, when you watch them all, you're like, damn, really? These all have a lot, like, you know? <laughs> I know, when you what actually have, sit, down, sit down and actually give it your full attention, like... Once you're looking at a list of all these and you're just like, I've seen all these, all of them were just, oh God, it's so difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. It gets so, it gets more difficult when you've seen all this stuff. Like we really have tried so hard to go and see all these things. So yeah. it was good. Um, so then we have supporting actress. Woo woo. Oh wait, did you do? Yeah, you already did. Yeah. You said Guillermo del Toro. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, nominees for supporting actress are Mary J. Blige, Mudbound. Allison Janney, I, Tanya, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf, Ladybird, and Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. Um, I put that I want Allison Tanny and Leslie Manville to win, and I think Allison Tanny will, will win. Allison Janney? Janney! Sorry, why am I saying Tanny? Because <laughs> of Tanya? Did I say, yeah, I think it's because of, yeah, yeah. I'm a little tired, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I want Leslie Manville to win, she but so I think good. Alice and Janney will win. <laughs> I know. Oh, she was so good, Leslie Manville. Um, 
all of these women were really great. Um, but I, I really loved Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird. Really, um, I, I really did love Leslie Manville and Phantom Thread, though. She, she was like really good. <laughs> yeah. She played the, the sister of, of like the most difficult man in the world. And she, she really was like so, she was the, the powerful one in this, in this like whole movie. And it took like the whole movie to realize that, you know, she was the one that was keeping it together and she was the one that was really like, the, the the one you should be scared of, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, but she, like, great though. Like, you know, like, you, yeah. You don't like her in the beginning, and then you like really like her in the end, you know. But Allison Janney though, fantastic. Just she was hilarious. So funny. She was crazy good. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that that's a uh, also down to the costume, but just her. <laughs> Her, uh, she had some really amazing just one-off liners that just like completely ridiculous, and she just pulls it off so well. So, yeah, it was yeah, it was great. And uh, and even though I really did like Octavia Spencer's character in The Shape of Water, um, I think she's definitely had better roles. Um, yeah, I mean, even last year she she yeah, had she a better was role. Amazing in Hidden Figures. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think I think just the role in Shape of Water just wasn't I just don't think it was a well-rounded enough character to really suit her talents. Um even though she did an amazing job at it, um there were just there were just some other extremely well-rounded roles like Leslie Manville's role was crazy. She had so much yeah, to work well, with. And Mary J Blige too, like honestly. Oh yeah, definitely. Really great in Mudbound, like she was the wife and she just a lot of she didn't even really say much yeah no I mean, she always had those like sunglasses on and mm-hmm. she was always very stone-faced um even though she was really hurting inside like when her when her son was leaving for uh, the war she yeah that scene and then and then when he came back she was so happy <sighs> yeah it was a good movie <laughs> yeah it was really good all right, so then we've got Supporting Actor. And the nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So... I have a hard time with this one because I really want, like, both Willem Dafoe and Sam Rockwell to win, but mm-hmm. I think that Sam Rockwell will win. Yeah. Um, I put, yeah, I put that I, I, Willem Dafoe was so good in the Florida Project. Um, I put that I, I, I want, yeah. I want him to win and I want Sam Rockwell to win, but if, if I'm putting them, like, side by side, Sam Rockwell did such an amazing job as just yeah. being being the town idiot and then actually like getting his shit together and actually like trying to help and be a good person and it was oh my god it was he's definitely gonna win i think he's gonna win yeah i Hardcore. think and i'm so Hardcore. like proud of him for like even getting to that point because sam rockwell has been um one of the most underappreciated actors of like the 21st century like honestly yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> he he definitely has had these roles where he is just exceptional and like no one turns a blind eye, you know? Yeah. And it is the same with Gary Oldman, but he's been around longer, you know? So yeah, and that one's even worse. But like, yeah, Sam Rockwell is like an amazing character actor, and honestly, it's like I like he, I can just see him on stage right now, just kind of like crying, just in so much like, you know, this is a role for him. This is like really, really wonderful, and and uh, I'm 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 really excited. Like, I really hope he wins. I yeah, I've I've never been so sure that I that someone will win as as Sam Rockwell. I mean, I wasn't able to watch All the Money in the World to see Christopher Plummer, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, but from what I've seen, Sam Rockwell, he is, like, the the shining beacon right now, I think. It was, it was like, I... God, you started the movie hating him so much because he's such an idiot! But then, but oh my then, god. But then, you know, he shows, though, like, all these shades of his, like, fragileness and... and you know, it's it's just a very like it's a pretty complex like everybody in this film is so complex and so it's just like watching this kind of town idiot like cry in the bathroom, you know, and and then just like react so violently against somebody. It, it's just it's such an interesting role, you know. It's not necessarily like we like him or anything, but we're just like this is such a weird guy, and like to pull that off and to like be that guy who who's just such a kind of a violent guy or just such a weird person. Like, he just does such a good job playing that role. Like, I just don't know who else could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think that this is the only time we can talk about the Florida Project because it's the supporting actor. This is the only thing it was nominated for. So, um, but... And I and I feel like that's about, I mean, maybe... That's about it, for sure. But Maybe cinematography, but then not even really. Um... Yeah, no, I mean... Because no. all, all the other actors in it, the the little girl, Mooney, she was she was good. Yeah. Um, the ending was a little weird when they just ran off to Disneyland, uh, or Disney World. It that made was, so uh, much sense, though. Like, it, it was the perfect ending to that movie. It was just like... That, that whole thing was such a wonderful construct of a place and the people living in that place, and it was just... So, like, uh, something that you would never, ever know about unless you watched a movie about it, you know? Like, yeah. Or thought more than five minutes about the homeless people that live in Florida, you know? Like... Yeah, or the people I, that I, are I, that are just scraping by and living in, like, what was that, a motel or something? Like... Yeah, like, the motels outside, outside Disney World. And, like, there's an entire community of people. And... It, it's just, I, I think it, it did a really great job, like, of opening up that world for you. Like, the director, Sean Baker, like, what a what a thing to show, what a story to tell, you know? And I, I felt that same way about about Mudbound in that, that very specific time in a very specific place. And the stories of the people who live in, you know, and inha- inha- inhabit that, you know? Yeah, there's really... There are so many different types of stories you could tell, and and it's it's great to see how it's great to see how they unfold these people. Like, because honestly, for the Florida Project, like I didn't even know that I 
necessarily even though it was hard to watch and the characters were very yeah, yeah. were very hard to take in because they were very brash and very uh very oh, loud definitely. very loud yeah. and um unpleasant yes. um and the kids they, are like really annoying you know it was it was a story that i didn't even know that i really wanted about these random people like just it was it was very enlightening it was it was really great yeah. Was that was that based off of anything? Why didn't that one? I mean, no, I think it was just an like original original screenplay. Original screenplay, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably based on reality. I mean, I would not doubt that the people like that live in motels like that. You know, I, I feel like that's not too much of a stretch. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, um, definitely a story you know, of a very specific place and people. and So I, I would recommend it, honestly, if you can get through it. If you can get through half of it, you can get through the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it, it didn't it didn't start to be even... It was easy to start. Like, when it uh, when it began, it, it got a bit more difficult to watch by the middle and then towards the end. That's when it got a little... Like, yeah. You know, I mean the the people sad, are just, scary, yeah, very uh, very violent. It was uh... well, Willem Dafoe's character was like amazing, and you didn't expect him to be such a great guy. And then he just, you really, he's amazing. Like he he really did a great job in that movie. He was like the owner of the motel. And... Yeah, he's like, he like the manager, and so he had to he, he had to settle everyone's complaints and fix things, and it was it was so great. Every time he came on the screen, I was like, "Oh, thank God, it's Willem Dafoe." And I was and like... how he just felt bad for the the kids and and felt bad for these people, and like gave so much of himself to the people living there, and and his reactions with Mooney and like. You know, and, and then when he had to escort that pedophile off and, like, you know, kicked him oh in the ass and gosh, stuff. Oh, my gosh, that like, scene, I know. Oh, my God. It, he just kept kept bringing out the best of himself, like, throughout this entire film, and it really was great. Yeah, and it's and it's a little sad, like, for seeing a character who's, who's really so great and so... He's so willing to to give up stuff because I mean like I feel bad for characters like that like they're they're too nice to these people who do not deserve it and it's just yeah they definitely do not uh, appreciate him at all and yeah he pays for the the girl and her mother to stay at the other place and like yeah for a night because I guess they have to clean the like you know check the room for stuff before no I think I... they have to just move into like they have to leave for a night and then come back because it's like they're not allowed to oh. stay more than 30 days or something. Okay. Okay, I was yeah. wondering why they were moving out. I thought they had to, like, check for bugs or something. I don't know. No, but anyways. Yeah, so really great. That's us talking about the Florida Project. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see all the money in the world, but if you didn't already hear, they had to reshoot basically the entire movie in, like, a week. Um, because what? Yeah. Um, the actor... Um, who was Christopher Plummer's character? Um, what's his name? Um, for American Beauty. Um. Oh, oh, um, the guy from House of Cards. 
Yes. Sorry, is, I can't remember his name right now, but his he Spacey. was like, yes, Kevin Spacey. Um, he got you know, uh, all these people said that he was a, a sexual harasser, so he literally got taken out of the movie, like immediately, and they oh. they reshot the entire movie with Christopher Plummer. Oh instead. my gosh, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. isn't that crazy? I know it's nuts, and they did that, and he got nominated for it. So, and Christopher Plummer got nominated. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's like a it's a ridiculous you know situation in general. Like the fact that he got nominated for it. So, well, dang, I'll be renting that on Amazon in March since I couldn't do yeah. that now. When it God. comes out, freaking Amazon, stupid, <laughs> stupid. So all angry. right. Um, then we have lead actress. Was it? Is it my turn to say it or you? I no, th- no, no. It's it's uh it's my turn. Oh, okay. Um, nominees for lead actress are Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie, I Tanya, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep, The Post. Um, what a great bunch of ladies right there. I know, right? It was so difficult. These these next ones get so difficult for me. I, I still haven't even... <laughs> I'm not going to lie here, Alexandra. I haven't even picked who I think will win for uh, Best Picture yet. I'm gonna, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> here we go. Dude! Oh, my, mine keeps flipping and flopping, so we're going to see. I, I don't I just, know. I'm just going to... We'll see what happens it. in 10 minutes when we get gonna, there, is what I'm trying to I'm going to it out there, like, in, in I know. 10 minutes. All right. Uh, I know, here we go. I don't know. Okay. I don't know either. I was okay, we'll talk about it when we get there. We're still yeah. a lead actress. <laughs> so for lead actress, I put that I want Sally Hawkins to win, Frances McDormand to win, and Margot Robbie to win. But uh, I put I put it's it's a very hesitant will. I put because I'm still not sure. I put that I think Shersha Ronan will win. Really? Um, or Francis, or Francis McDormand. I, I'm, I'm like between those two. I think I think either of them will win. I would really like Sally Hawkins to win because I loved her character so much. Or Margot Robbie. She was so good. I don't know. She was really good. Meryl was good too. Meryl was good, but I think I think she, again she's had better roles, and I don't think like in mm-hmm. terms of That's what true. else came out this year. I think some definitely surpassed her. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I want Frances McDormand to win. I mean, I, I also want Shersha and Margot to win, too. Um, but I think... I think Frances will win. I think so, too. That's why um, was... And it's because she, her character, again, uh, same idea with uh, with Sam Rockwell. The fact that, like, this character was such a, a three-dimensional person and just so... like She was a mate. Like, her performance was... Of, to be a tough woman who seriously like went through so much pain and you could see that underneath the surface like all the time just like waiting to bubble up underneath her like her brashness and yeah she definitely like that is something like so difficult to just follow through with like having that insecurity and that pain just like be right there where it should be like with her anger you know like it really worked out and uh even in the end with her reactions with Sam Rockwell, like she just, she was so willing to, to just keep moving on and just, you know, and, uh, and the way she dealt with her son as well. So great. Amazing. 
yeah, it was, she truly was, she truly was fantastic. Um, and just seeing how badass she was with, uh, with everything being thrown at her, like, oh my god, that scene where that guy walks into her store and, like, throws the porcelain bunny or whatever, like, that guy was so scary. like, threatens to hurt her, and it's like... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. just because he was friends with Chief Willoughby or something. Mm Mm-hmm. God, those, those... These characters in this movie were, they were so extreme. It was, it was very hard to watch sometimes with these characters because they were just, it was, and it's, and it's, oh God, they were. (laughs) You just, we were losing the words. It's, it's, uh. It's a really I, wonderful I never film. Have the like, words. Really. I never have the words to explain I what know. I'm trying We've been doing to like, this, feel. this podcast for so long, and it's like, how did that movie make you feel? And you're like, uh, uh. <laughs> it, ta- it takes a lot of inner reflection, and I need to and I need to be thinking about it for a long time in order to say what I'm thinking, because I never <laughs> know how to say what I'm thinking. Well, um, we, I hate to break it to you, but we do do a podcast where we have to talk about what we're thinking. So, uh, <laughs> well... Uh, well, it's it's getting I'm there. Trying. We're, I'm we're trying. I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm not. I think we, you do a great job, Emily. Thank you. I I think you do very well as well, Alison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now we have lead actor. Um, and the nominees for lead actor are Timothy Chalamet, Call Me by Your Name, Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour. Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel Esquire. And um, I don't know if it's uh, painfully obvious, but I really, 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 really want Timothy Chalamet to win. I don't know how many reallys I can put in there. Um, really, I think Gary you, want, Old- you want You want Timothy to win? I thought. <laughs> um, but I, I think and know that Gary Oldman is going to win. Oh, um, I know. If if stinking Gary Oldman hadn't been <laughs> this role this year, I know. <laughs> Timothy Timothy would have had it. He like, would have had it. This guy is. But you I never mean, know. You never know. We still got two weeks. I know that, but like, but Gary Oldman was so good. Like, there's not even like a, like that's like a the role of a lifetime. Like he did fantastic. I know, like right? as Winston Churchill. Like. Again, we couldn't figure out it was... Like, Emily, you didn't even, like, know until you saw the damn movie. And you were like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, obvious-looking Gary Oldman was nowhere to be found. So I was like, it must be this guy with the gobble. I was like, oh, my God. That's freaking Gary Oldman. <laughs> and he, like, you know, at first you're kind of like, what's up with this guy? He's so explosive. He, like, yells at Lily James and, and makes her cry. Yeah, he um, yells. He yells so much. I'm surprised. I'm surprised his prosthetic didn't just fall off his face. Like he was, <laughs> he was thrashing around with that thing. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, it was crazy. I thought it was gonna fall off. Yeah, uh, but he like I think his his strengths were really in the parts where he was fighting for his, um, for not compromising. Like I think that that's really where he was the strongest, and it was like. He was trying. Remember, he he called the Americans, and I I think that was when he was like at his most vulnerable point, um, in that dark, uh, bathroom, I guess, and like, he like called the American president and was like, "We need your help, please help us," and they're like, "Uh, we can't," you know, and they were talking about Dunkirk, um, yeah, and just 
I think that that was amazing. And the scene when he was um, telling his room that he was not going to compromise and that he, they should call for the civilian boats, like, that was also amazing. Um, and the scene, obviously, when he is saying his big, great speech at the end, like... Oh, yeah. Just so moving and, like, so patriotic for them, obviously, like, nationalistic, I guess, but, like, seriously, like that really made the movie like it, it i think it just it got so much better as it went on and it was because you were just more and more invested in in gary oldman oh and then when he was on the when he was on the um the tube like talking to all those people oh yeah that was so oh my god that scene yeah um just like t- asking them you know asking the the people the of people London, what they thought because they were keeping yeah. everything from them like they had no idea mm-hmm. what was happening they didn't know that they were that they were wasting all this time trying to figure out if they were going to try to appease hitler or 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 go into battle and the people were just completely out of the loop it was they were but they were still so against fascism like they were just oh, like yeah there is no there, there is no compromising with the devil like and it was so amazing that he was talking to the actual people of London and, and you know, despite the fact that they had family members who may have been in Dunkirk, who may yeah. have been dying, they still were, like, they're fighting for the greater good of of the Earth, you know? Like, honestly. So I, I really did like that, that aspect of the movie, and it's definitely, like, amazing. Like, Gary Oldman was really great. And he really, he's in, like, every single scene. It's not like, you know... It's like that movie was the Gary Oldman movie. <laughs> it was, it was a Gary Oldman playing Churchill movie, like just yeah. with no one else in it, pretty much. Um. He, so I mean, yeah. So like, obviously he'll win, but like, I guess we should talk about a, a like a little bit about the other lead actors, and we didn't really even talk about the other lead actresses very much, like too much, you know. No, not too much. Um. Let's see. We did, we did watch a uh, very. Very poor quality, uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire. Yes, but I did like, I liked it. Um, I really, I Denzel I, was really great. Yeah, even though Roman was a little odd and maybe didn't make the best decisions, um, I thought Denzel did a really good job playing this character. He, uh, he definitely, yeah, he was a really quirky, odd guy, and yeah, all of uh, his very you, you know, awkward... you started to feel bad for him, mm-hmm. yeah, awkward moments felt very felt very real, mm-hmm. and um, um yeah, and just the, the, definitely the fact that a stand he was, out though the fact that he was being thrown into a a uh, a position at a at a firm that he didn't want, like he he was straight up with everyone saying that you know he doesn't he's not very social he does not usually talk to people on the front on the front lines like he's a very internal like back office type of worker and he prefers that and then he just has to he just has to adapt and it's it's really interesting watching him uh act through this and you know socialize and it's really interesting yeah definitely um so then, you know, obviously we also have Daniel Day-Lewis and Daniel Kaluuya, like... My main man, both, Dan! Yeah, both Daniels, like, amazing. Like, it, But in Get Out, like, Daniel Kaluuya does a fantastic job of really... Um, I think he really... He does amazing at just, like, subtly 
you know, pushing away when his girlfriend's like, you know, when they're talking to the cop, he's like, it's okay, you know, like, he just does all of these little things, but when he shines, it's like when he's going into the sunken place, or, you know, um... He has some great reactions to things. Like, I I remember watching the movie and, like, just focusing in on his face when he was, you know, reacting to people, being a little weird, you know, kind of, um which is very realistic like he was just like what is this guy doing and then like he would it was he was really good at just like emoting everything very clear on his face uh mm-hmm. and uh, again daniel day lewis played a character that was a really difficult person and um very particular like kind of neurotic and everything had to be specifically the way he wanted it to be so i think that that for his last acting role, I guess, probably. If it even what he is. Said. Um, this was like an, a really great, just rounded, beautiful uh, ending. Like, the character is just so odd. Like, he's just so specific and he's, he's like scary at times and then like not scary at other times and like, you know, vulnerable and, and you just like get to see him do that just you know amazing and he's just the chemistry the chemistry between him and and leslie were just it was very and and his wife too i mean she just she was great vicky crepes (gasps) what are you looking at the baftas because you told me you weren't going to look at the baftas i'm not i'm (laughs) not looking at the leslie leslie manville is the is the waitress right no, she's she's the sister. <gasps> oh Were you God. confused? Yes. Vicky Crepes is the is the girlfriend. Dang it! Why? Are, why wouldn't what? she get? Why wouldn't she get supporting actress? I don't. I don't understand. Why did the I, sister? Why did the sister get? Because wasn't. She was amazing. What are you talking about? She was good, but I thought the girl was. All right. Well. Are, are you okay? Are you you just you still internalizing this, or I'm just confused now. All right. Well, I was thinking of the wrong character the whole time. That's fine. <laughs> um. Uh, well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Again, I just I just wanna I wanna just say again that uh, Timmy Chalamet is the youngest nominee in 80 years. Um. <laughs> For best actor, so it, uh, the best nominee. Also, this is the only time two men under thirty are nominated for a lead actor. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is twenty-eight years old. So, wow, yeah, isn't that crazy town? Wow. Um, I know it. It's like all these old guys getting some fresh meat two in there. Young guys who are just like really great. Um, yeah. Again, Timmy, just just. Uh, just putting out my good vibes for him. <laughs> just just putting that out there. Uh, Timmy. Timmy. There you go. Uh, yeah, he yeah. was... He was... If if he somehow, like, miraculously wins, I would be very happy. But Gary Oldman deserves to win so much, and he's never won an Oscar. Like, again, Gary Oldman is like, if Sam Rockwell continued on for another, like, 15 years, like, he'd become Gary Oldman. Like... Gary Oldman has done so many wonderfully, like, amazing character roles that he just, like, does not get any recognition for. And he deserves it so much. So, 
Yeah. I know if uh, if if Daniel Day Lewis truly retires. No, I'm I'm keeping it. Sorry, I, I was gonna say maybe maybe uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman would be the greatest actor who ever lived. Uh, no, but yeah, yeah. I, th- I I thought I'm about switching. I'm a firm it. believer that Daniel Day Lewis is the best actor ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. Sorry, no, I take it back. I'm keeping it. It's Daniel. It's so it's, that's so good. It's honestly. Daniel forever. I'm sorry. It's Daniel. Sorry. I I was gonna maybe change my mind, but I was like, nope, 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 it's, no. It's gotta, <laughs> not for you. It's gotta stay Daniel. Sorry, no, just Daniel forever. Uh, um, okay. All right, and, and then here we go. I still have not made a decision, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Mine has changed four times in the past week, so uh, here we go. Uh, so uh, here we go. Uh, nominees for best picture are. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> Why don't I just get, get all my wants out of the way? Here we go. Okay. All right. Um, I want Call Me By Your Name to win, Dunkirk, Get Out, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, or three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri to win. <laughs> That's like most of the list. It, yeah, <laughs> it is. There you go. It is. Um, I think. What's going to pop out, Emily? What's going to pop out of your mouth? I think. I think three billboards is going to win. Okay. Yep. I think. Yep. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. Um, well, I'm not crazy like you, and I only chose one want, because really, if we're, if we're saying it honestly, I really only want one of these movies to win, and that is Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I thought you weren't going to say Call Me By Your Name, your, like, favorite movie of all time. Um, but honestly, so, I know that's not going to win, though, like, uh, like, it won't. So, uh, <laughs> I think... This changed literally 20 minutes before um, b- before we did this podcast. And so uh, it is now The Shape of Water. Last week, it was Three Billards, th- three Billboards. Then earlier, it was The Post. <laughs> and then it was Get Out for like a long time. And now it's back to being The Shape of Water. <laughs> for probably my, for initial, win. my initial thoughts were probably like either Phantom Thread or Dunkirk because to me those seem like the most like made for the Oscars movies. Um, yeah, but like Moonlight was not a made for the Oscar movie and it won I know, the Oscar. I know, yeah, like I know. that is like what? That was like a wrench. <laughs> you can't think like that anymore. I know it's crazy. I know. So but I think Shape of Water is enough made for the Oscars and like enough not that people will choose it. You know, yeah, I did really enjoy that movie. I'll be I'll be happy if that one wins. Um, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. I really, I didn't really care for Shape of Water, Emily. <laughs> really? I yes, oh, Sally. <laughs> like I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good movie. I just don't I don't really connect with it. I also thought it was just something we've seen before, and I think Pan's Labyrinth was way better. <laughs> I started to see Pan's Labyrinth. Um, yeah, it's just way more original, and and like I thought that Shape of Water was kind of boring, and like 
not interesting. Like, I thought it was okay. But I knew that you were going to like it, so... I can see that. I can I can see you thinking that. Because, I mean, again, the story was... It wasn't too... Like, it really wasn't too original. It was like... It, no. It, <laughs> it's it, it really, not really. It really felt like it had... Like, the story had just been done before. I don't know. Just Sally Hawkins' character reminded me so much of Amelie and... You you yeah. know I love I love Amelie with like her quirkiness and her weirdness and her like meticulousness. I love characters like that. I love very mm-hmm. weird like they do weird things characters and and I, and I love the fact that Sally was was mute. Um I loved I loved how dark it was and like how like how almost like sewer like it was. You did definitely. Yeah. 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 But definitely, it wasn't like the story itself wasn't very. I, I could see why you thought it wasn't very interesting. It was very, it was very much like a lot of other things. Um, that's why I kind of steered more towards three billboards because at least the story for yeah, being, very original for being original was yeah. very well done, and these characters were very well thought out. Um, even though, even though, character wise, they were very set in their ways and very one sided. Some of them. Yeah. Well, I know I I think it, I think you have a good point there and honestly I might I might shift it to three billboards. I mean, I think the only reason I would say that is because it's so it's got kind of a Cohen brothers feeling to it where McDonough like you know, he's an he's an Irish playwright and so it's like he's basically got this like one specific place in the United States so down it kind of feels like Fargo in a, in a bit mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and but like it's not Fargo but it kind of has that feeling where it's like all these really kind of quirky people doing things you know it's just yeah. kind of got a different like a, like a slightly less violent aspect to it but not even really because like but i also really love martin mcdonald's other stuff um he made seven psychopaths a few years ago and i really like that movie too um Hmm. which is also just about a bunch of odd people you know yeah so i don't know like i i think yeah i think then i also had the post like on here for so long because i think i picked the post because that seems to me like the most um Oscar, Oscar winning movie, yeah and, yeah, and maybe I picked the post because Spotlight won a few years ago, and that was also about um, journalists, you know. So I'm like trying to like choose them. Based. Yeah, but Spotlight, <laughs> I feel like Spotlight was so much better than the post. Oh yeah, it definitely was. I, I did like the post though. I just, yeah, I thought it, it was, wasn't. I thought it was fine. I, it, it kept me engaged. I did. I wasn't because Darkest Hour was. It felt like two hours. Like yeah. watching this thing, um, but it has Joe Wright's like more fantasy kind of feeling on it. But I think he should have done a little bit more with it. I think fantasy wise, but it maybe. really more was just like a period drama. Yeah, which you know can get can can lull a little bit, and I I definitely felt it a little while I was watching that. But the post definitely kept me engaged. Um, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, I it's would, hard to I choose, would... man. Because I also think, like, honestly, I think maybe even Get Out could win. Like, and I'm, I'm like excited about that prospect. You know, like, yeah, that's the, true. The fact that like it it's could on win, here, so and, it like, could win. I, I know, and it's just so, like, 
again, that movie is so well made. Like as a contained thing, like you got the right the right stuff going into it. You, you have the right kind of um, social commentary mirrored with like amazing performances and amazing screenplay, like all rolled into just make like a really wonderful film. Like honestly, like again, that one might win. Like it it's so hard to to tell what's gonna win this year. You know, I I know. And again, with like with like art evolving, it's it's crazy to see that on the list of nominees this year. We had, like, a suspenseful thriller, like, almost horror, and, like, a comedy on here. Like, it's crazy yeah. that, that, like, normally these movies that you could you could always immediately say, oh, well, that's not Oscar-worthy. Like, it's, yeah. it's changing. And you got, like, like, late, yeah, you got Lady Bird nominated for, like, you know, that is such a small kind of film. And same thing with Call Me By Your Name. They're just so indie. And, stay, and Get Out as well. Like, those are three, like, indie movies. And, yeah, and they're, they're nominated. Ton of recognition instead of just falling to the wayside after um, after film festivals and stuff. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like Columbus, the one we watched a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So do we want to do we want to cover some snubs? I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, I think s- things that were snubbed for Best Picture definitely Blade Runner, like hands down. Yeah, should have been Runner, nominated. I thought. Uh... I thought the big sick was even a little snubbed, maybe for best picture, and maybe even Kumel as yeah. a best actor. I thought I thought he did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was really good. Yeah. Um. Um. I, I think uh, the actress uh, Holly Hunter, who plays the mother in Big Sick, should have got nominated for supporting actress for sure. Oh, definitely. She was she was so good. Um, where I talked about Luca Guadagnino um, for best. Best director, I thought that was a snub. I even put Columbus on here. I thought that you know Columbus would have been, um, because I checked, it did come out in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought possibly um, Haley Lou Richardson as like best actress and maybe even screenplay. I thought maybe, maybe cinematography. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was kind of interesting that I Tanya wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but I also think, rightfully so. Like I, I didn't, I didn't think I Tanya should have been nominated for Best Picture. So, mm. 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 <laughs> maybe I mean the characters kind of, kind of flowed similarly to the ones in uh, Three Billboards. I mean, mm-hmm. with them being very spontaneous and erratic um i feel like that that one definitely could have been nominated for best picture yeah yeah so um yeah we got some really great big contenders this year like uh we didn't really do a few words about i i think last year i would say the themes are so different like last year the films were way more story oriented and like were um, basically strong in their compelling story, you know? I mean, yeah. we had, like, these am- amazing true stories last year. We had Hacksaw Ridge and um, Hidden Figures and Lion. They were all just incredible true stories. Mm-hmm. And this year, I think, it's not really story-based. I think all of these, these Best Picture nominees are... Um, 
you know, not really driven by the compelling story. I think it's more of an atmosphere thing. It's more of a, uh, a time and a place and an event. You know, we've got even Darkest Hour and Dunkirk are literally about the same event in history. I mean, yeah, it's just, about just, just Dunkirk. altering viewpoints. Yeah. It's... Yeah. So, I mean, you watch both of those films and you've basically covered the, uh, the prime minister's status and, and in, you know, in this Dunkirk situation and then everybody in Dunkirk and everybody going to Dunkirk. And it's like, that's the one thing that wasn't in Dunkirk was the whole darkest hour aspect. So, I mean, together, they're one big super movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can I you even believe that it's about that. the same thing? I mean, we even watched, we watched another movie on the plane. We watched that, um, that oh, that's movie, right. The movie where they're, that like, was filming. also about Dunkirk. Yeah, they're filming the, uh, Dunkirk. Oh, what was it called? Yeah, their finest. It was their finest. Yeah, that yeah. movie. And that movie. That was. movie was like okay. It was, it was wow. I. It was I. <laughs> um, yeah. The you know we were watching the whole thing. You get you get about I don't know three fourths in, and you're like, this is great. This is amazing. And then like they kill off uh, Sam Claflin's character, and then it's like. What? Yeah. What? I just... This completely threw a wrench in the entire film. Just yeah. made it the worst. <laughs> yeah. Just completely. I... Once that happened, oh. I was like, all right, I'm done. This was... This was, was a fun ha- ride up until this point. I was happy point. up until now. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. even care about you anymore. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, I know. that. So, again, that also came out last year, and that was also about Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah. So they're uh, they're just remembering that, but anyways, yeah. I mean, I mean, even like you wouldn't say like when somebody asks you like, "What's Lady Bird about?" It's like that's a that's a coming in of, of age movie, which you know has aspects of of a lot of things. That it's got some just just basically just like discovering yourself, you know. Um, yeah, discovering yourself, falling in love, you know, all that stuff. Growing up, and you know, like. Th- that's it like that's what the movie's about so it's not like about like a compelling story about something that's going on you know it's, it's a it's a feeling it's a uh, an atmosphere um yeah which is why i think D- like dunkirk was like a really strong movie because it was about the atmosphere a lot of the time yeah i definitely yeah. agree so anyways i uh i made some fun uh, little lists of things. Did, did you want to go through all the best picture metascores first, and then I'll uh, do these uh, other things I got together? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you have them all, because I do not. What, the metascores? Nope. Yep, I don't. Yep. I asked you to do that. <laughs> you, t- no, you said... You said I'm. I got uh, pretty much all the all the all the best picture ones or something, and then you said so you can do, you could do whatever you want, and I said okay, and so that's why I was getting the ones for like the Big Sick and Logan, which I don't even think we're gonna use now. Oh, completely didn't get them, but I'll do them right now. So great. Uh, um, which call one are you me doing by first? your name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll do the. I'll do the next one. Here we go. We'll just okay. have them. We'll start doing them uh, one after the other. Okay, uh, um, Call Me By Your Name got a 93 Metascore, like, rightfully so, since it's, like, the best movie ever, but that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> I've watched it way too many times, so I feel like I'm just biased now, but, um... Oh, you are but, 
extremely biased. I am so biased. It's ridiculous. I literally love that movie so much. I, Anyways, ne- never mind. Okay. You have Darkest Hour? Yeah, I do. Um, Darkest Hour got a 75. All right. Which, that, that's interesting. I'm going to read some of these really low ones. Is that in the in the green still? It is in the green. But but like two two magazines gave them like a 33 and a 38. What Dang. what happened? What happened? <laughs> I mean maybe they were just like it's dull cuz it kind of was in the beginning. <laughs> oh, I know. I, f- I felt so bad cuz afterwards my dad my both my parents were like that that was 2 hours and I was like it sure felt like it and they and they were like no it didn't. <laughs> But my dad wasn't even paying attention half the time, so I was paying attention the full time, and I was still getting a little bored. Um, but let's see. Ooh, look at this one. Darkest Hour is pure, uncut Oscar bait that goes that goes <laughs> yeah. through every bullcrap great man biopic platitude imaginable in its two-hour runtime. The reason yeah, to basically. rush to such a harsh judgment is perhaps because it's so damn hard to understand the actual reason for making this film in the first place other than racking up gold statues. Wow! Wow! Wow, Ethan Vestby. You... Damn! He is... Yeah, that that's pretty harsh. Jeez. Um... Wow. I mean... Wow. Okay. <laughs> Dunkirk... <laughs> Dunkirk got a 94 meta score. 94. That's really good. That's really good. I mean, again, like this is a really good movie. Like it I when we we reviewed it like a few months ago, 6 months ago or whatever, I remember in our podcast I said this movie's going to get nominated for best picture. <laughs> like I was like this is this is a really really good movie. It's going to get nominated for best picture, so. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, uh, Get Out got an 84. Very good. Super good. <laughs> Lady Bird got a 94. Again, I keep getting all these big ones. I know, I'm like, I'm lo- like getting I, all the... Oh, I watched Lady Bird again, and I really liked it more the second time. Like, I, I mean, I liked it the first time, but I, like, extra enjoyed it the second time. And maybe it was because I was just waiting for Timmy to come on this, you know, on the screen. But still... <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it a lot. Like, it's so, um, it's so, like, you connect with her so much. She's so great. She's so funny. And I just, I really do like that movie a lot. It's it's definitely one of my favorites now. Maybe I need to give it a second watch. Because, yeah, because I'm yeah, first Yeah, I think watch, you should. Like, it, it was very realistic and it was very true to heart. And I can definitely see a lot of, you know, experiences that I went through with looking for a college and stuff and um but I just I wasn't as I wasn't as like enamored with it with like other ones um so let's see for Phantom Thread uh got a 90 meta score oh okay which it deserves because it was amazing um yeah post um yeah so the post got an 83 meta score made six cents um and then... uh, the shape of water got a 87 metascore. All right. And uh three billboards got an 88. So the top one was 
I think both Ladybird, because yeah, Ladybird got the 94, and Dunkirk did as well, right? Dunkirk had like a 90. It had a 94 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think those are the two highest. Yeah. I think and then Call Me By Your Name got 93. Okay. 93. And then, and then Phantom Thread was 90. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Didn't expect that. Um, yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy because, you know, last year, <laughs> last year when we were looking up the Metascores, um, Moonlight, again, Moonlight had like a 90. Yeah. It has a 99. <laughs> Yeah, if so that why didn't, didn't already we pick tell that? us that it was going to win? I know. Because it was a nearly 100. Like, honestly, <laughs> you're just like, wow. I know. Metascore, so. like, told us what was going to happen. And we're just like, do-do-do. Like. <laughs> do-do-do. We don't care. Um, so, okay. I also compiled this really great um, list of the actors in multiple best picture films this year. I, like, had to scour IMDb for, like, a couple hours, actually, wasting my time. Um, <laughs> oh, I bet you just, have uh, have some great IMDb history on your... Yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff. Um, yeah, so the actors in multiple best pictures, because last year I realized that the guy who played Bono in Fences was also in um, Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder how many actors this year are in multiple things because we'll just start off lucas hedges was in both lady bird and three billboards um, and he lucas... was in something else huh Lu- lucas hedges he yeah last in... year he was in manchester by the sea that's right i thought yeah, he, he got in... nominated I thought he for was that in something else this year as well but i don't think so no um no he got nominated for um best supporting actor last year because he was amazing um but this year he was in two movies two best picture movies um and then obviously timmy timothy chalamet is in both lady bird and call me by your name mm-hmm. um and best actor for call me by your name um katherine newton uh the actress is in both three billboards and lady bird uh she plays the daughter in three billboards and then she plays a character called darlene in lady bird oh that's right mm-hmm. and that's then right. um nick searcy is in both The Shape of Water as General Hoyt and Three Billboards as Father Montgomery, um, the father that uh, that goes Francis to their McDormand. house for like a second, and then Francis yeah. is like, "Get the fuck out of my house!" <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. in the best way possible. She's yeah. so fucking great. Yeah, um, <laughs> she totally tells him off. He's in both Shape of Water and Three Billboards, and then um, Tracy Letts is in both Lady Bird and The Post. He plays uh, Lady Bird's dad. And he plays Fritz BB in The Post. Mm. Um, Caleb Landry Jones is in both Get Out as the brother and Three Billboards um, as the guy who is the advertising guy. Oh, that's right. Um, and he's also in The Florida Project. But that wasn't nominated, so I just I just want to put it out there, but still. <laughs> um, and Bradley Whitford is in both Get Out and The Post. Um, he plays the dad in Get Out. Um, and then this is the, this is the crowning, like, this is the, the number one. Michael Stuhlbarg is in Call Me By Your Name, The Shape of Water, and The Post. Mm, mm-hmm. He's in 
all three of those movies. He was doing some work this year, last year. No kidding. Like, and he played like just an incredible character in Call Me by Your Name as like the dad, and he just delivers this just amazing monologue at the end of the movie. Like, gets me every time. So yeah. he's definitely like a, a shining star in that movie, and he's he's great in Shape of Water too as the the Russian spy too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, in the post, he's uh, works for the New York Times, and he's getting sued. So he does a really good job in that too. Um, yeah, so that was crazy. <laughs> all those people in all those movies, right? You gotta, you gotta be in multiples so that you get you get more chances of winning. I mean, but so many people were in so many movies this year, and the fact that all these really good actors like were in all of these movies is just hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, okay. Then I made. So remember last year we had those um, best picture. Uh, funny names for each of the the best picture. Like we had, yeah, because uh, of that article La La Land. found. Yeah, that article. Um, like La La Land last year was Escape from Reality. Like you know, yeah. Forget about what's going on outside this movie for a little bit. <laughs> um, so I made I made my own this year. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have anything else that you you have? Because this probably would be our last thing. Um. I mean, I just have some fun facts, and then I kind of wanted to talk about, I remember in our podcast last year, we we listed what our favorite what our favorite movie was of the year. Oh, okay. Great. So I didn't know if you wanted to, do you want to do oh, that Oh, we can stuff? definitely end with, yeah, we can definitely end with that. Um, do you want to start off with your, your, uh, well, I, I'll do the best picture real names, then you, you can do your interesting little stuff from the magazine. Okay. Okay. Um, so call me by your name. I renamed this and then also I renamed them and then gave them a tagline, basically a subline. Okay. So, uh, call me by your name is love hurts. And the tagline is the sexiest love story between a man and an inanimate object. Okay. And then darkest hour is fuck fascists at all costs. Mm -hmm. And the tagline is that's Gary Oldman. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's accurate. <laughs> then Dunkirk, uh, we are already kind of renamed in our other podcast, our Dunkirk podcast from like six months ago, which is uh, Trois Ans d'Anxiété, which is three hours of anxiety in French, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's the movie. And then um, the tagline is, Harry Styles is kind of an asshole, but we love him anyways. Yeah, what was it? Oh, when in Darkest Hour, when Lily James was saying that, you know, she had someone over at Dunkirk, I was like, is it Harry Styles? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it wasn't. (laughs) Or any of the number of other guys in that movie. I know, right? The Um, the beautiful pilot? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful pilot. Um, that beautiful that main be character. Who Lily James beautiful was waiting for. Character. Yeah, Lily yeah, James like... would be waiting for the beautiful pilot. Yeah, Ugh, so funny. Most okay. definitely. Um, then Get Out is renamed. Do you get it now, white guy? And oh then the subline is, you know, I can't give you the keys, babe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ladybird is renamed. Everyone's inner teen. And then the subline is on a scale of Ladybird to her mom. How neurotic are you? <laughs> oh my gosh! 
<laughs> um, Phantom Thread is, you're going to love this. Um, the renaming is Dressmaking is Kinky. Okay. <laughs> and then the subline is this movie is actually about mushrooms. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um and then mushrooms the post... and mushrooms and just slightly poisoning your loved one. Uh Yeah, basically. <sighs> um the post is renamed Freedom of the Press. Mhm. And the subline is reminding everyone why this is extremely important. Um, and then the shape of water, you, again, you're going to think this is fantastic because it's literally, I, I didn't even talk to you. Like, we haven't even talked about this movie until now. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, the line, the, what I renamed it is mute Amelie falls in love with the creature from the black lagoon. <laughs> or, or the, um, or the guy, people were, uh, people were comparing him to the guy from Hellboy, uh, the water, the water guy. Oh, I didn't watch that, so... Okay. Uh, yeah. You should look him up. He, they, they look exactly alike. <laughs> um, and then my tagline is, The real monster was Michael Shannon. Yes, we got that. Thank you. The real, the real monster was Michael Shannon. Oh, my God. Oh, it was so gross when, like, his fingers, like, turned black. Oh, God. Uh, oh, again... It was painfully obvious that the real monster was Michael Shannon. Like, I just... It was too too on the nose. That's all right, Alessandra. This, the, this, year's, uh, this year's Shape of Water was my last year's La La Land, so, uh, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. We gotta okay. got have one. We gotta have that one movie that we slightly detest. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, I don't... Okay, anyways... <laughs> Three Billboards Outside Emming, Missouri is renamed Horrific Death Really Brings Out the Worst in People. Mm-hmm. And the subline is, do I actually feel bad for a racist? Oh, God, Sam. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Thank you, I everyone. Just... Thank you. God. Those are great, Alessandra. Thank you. It's going to be it's gonna be tough to, to back that up with my boring facts. <laughs> No, they're actually pretty interesting. Um, no, they're they're interesting. Come on, they are. They are. They're interesting. They're interesting. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, let's see some fun facts that I learned from Entertainment Weekly's ninetieth special, you know, ninetieth Oscars special edition. So let's see. The very first Academy Award ceremony was only fifteen minutes long. Oh. And it was extremely casual. Like, they said that the person who won Best Actress wore, like, some, some, you know, just some casual work skirt, like, off the rack. Like, it was very... It was nothing. It was basically nothing. Like, they had no idea that it was going to turn into such a prestigious award and uh, prestigious ceremony, you know? Wow. Congratulating all these great movies every year. Um, This I thought was kind of weird. So... Even though the winners were announced at the Academy Awards every year, the winners were actually revealed three months prior in the LA Times. What? Yeah, can you believe that? Why? I don't know why. That's so dumb, because then you're not sitting here in anticipation like we are. Yeah, or, or the people who won them would already know. I know, like, why would you even go to the 
to the awards. It was funny because a lot of stories that I was reading, they covered so much stuff in this. Um, if you have not gotten it, and if you if you like to know, like I, I really love old movies and I'm always trying to find ways to watch like super old, like black and white MGM musicals, you know, that's my shit. Um, yeah. This, this, this article or this uh, magazine that EW put together was really awesome. It just, it covers every... It covers every decade, kind of, in, like, segments, so it talks about, like, the very beginning and then up until now, and it's got some great stories in there about old, uh, uh, actress winners and stuff, so it was, it was really interesting reading all these, but some people who didn't think that they were gonna win, they just wouldn't show up, and then, and then what was it? Um, a few times, this lady, I, I believe it's who I'm gonna bring up now, uh, Louise Rayner. Uh, she was an actress from Germany, and she was able to flee Germany before the Nazis could get to her because her and her family were Jewish. And um, and she won Best Actress two years in a row. She was the first person to get two consecutive years winning uh, the Oscars for Best mm. Actress. And um, and both years she didn't think she was going to win, so she wow she didn't go. And oh my god, both and she, years she'd, she'd get a call thinking, um, saying that she she's gonna win, so she needs to get dressed and head down to the uh, to the theater so she can oh accept god. her award. So she would just throw a dress on, no makeup. She'd head down there and and take her award with both ears. Wow, that's so fantastic. I, I thought that was really funny. Um, some weird categories that they used to have included best title writing. Like, what does that... Really? What does that even... Wow. Yeah. And then, best unique and artistic picture. That was a category okay. they used to okay. have. So, like, avant-garde or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, hilarious. Uh, I'll just do one more. Uh, there were a few theories on how the word actual Oscar came to be for the statue. Uh, there were a few theories. One was... An Academy librarian, Margaret Herrick, uh, she said that the statue looked like her uncle Oscar. I doubt that's the, I doubt that's the reason. <laughs> um, option or theory two, because uh, Oscar was the name of Bette Davis's first husband, uh, Harmon Oscar Nelson. I, okay. I still doubt that. Um, but the third one, the third theory that seems to be more true is that uh, in 1934, Walt Disney actually described the award as an Oscar in his acceptance speech, which then mm. a newspaper columnist actually printed the name Oscar. And so in 1934, that's when the actual name Oscar was printed. So I, Oh my I, God. So, so it was bet Walt that's what Disney? happened. Yeah, I bet it was the Walt Disney one. <laughs> That is so interesting. Thank you, Emily. Wasn't that interesting? There's so much so more. So interesting. Um, oh, another one that's interesting. Uh, child actors used to have their own category, and they would win juvenile awards. Oh, gosh. Um, and I wrote, <laughs> when I wrote down this this fact, I wrote, enter salty comment about Jacob Tramley. Um <laughs> <laughs> If we still had if we still had the juvenile award category, maybe Jacob Tramley would have won. Yeah, enter yeah. I, there yeah, we go. Perfect. Enter enter salty comment. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's good for another year, guys. I'm keeping it. I'm mm-hmm. keeping it going. Um mm-hmm. I, I wrote down more, but I th- I think those are the most interesting ones. Um There are some great stories in there. Like there's 
There's a great article about Hattie McDaniel, the uh, the woman who played Mammy in Gone with the Wind, and how she received her Oscar, and kind of how she was looked at in the movie industry afterwards. Uh, that article was very interesting. Uh, and tons more. There's like a whole section on Titanic, Jane Fonda. I like want to go back and watch all these movies. They're like, it's... That's great. Yeah. It was really great. I haven't even finished reading all of them. There's so many pages. There's like 20 pages of this stuff. It's crazy. It was awesome. Well, that's fun. Um, really actually, awesome. when we were talking, we were recording our podcast. Uh, all the BAFTAs just came out. Oh, yeah. So, okay. What uh, I can tell you... Some of the winners, you know, just like uh, adapted, original, you know, just some of, some of the stuff. Not all of them, obviously, but um, since we had already done our picks, but we can't sure. change them now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, adapted screenplay, Call Me by Your Name, one. Woohoo! Yeah, so it's a BAFTA winning movie now. Not gonna start crying. Um, original screenplay, Three Billboards. Yeah. Um, let's see. Then, um. Best Supporting Actor, Sam Rockwell. Yes. Supporting Actress, Allison Janney. All right. Um, good. Leading Actor, Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Leading Actress, Frances McDormand. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, director, Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. And the best film is Three Billboards. Ooh. All right. All I'm, doing, right. I'm doing pretty good so far on my... Uh... I'm doing pretty good, too. That was good. I did officially change my answer to three billboards after you convinced me to. So, wow, well, Sandra. Uh, wow, really? Wow. I did. Yeah, I completely did. I was like, just because you, know you knew I was right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I was I was staring at that list of of best picture last night, and I was like, I can't make this decision now. I'm gonna go sleep, and then <laughs> and I was like, I still have like it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm I feel pretty solid with uh with what I put down. Um, and even there was a section after all the articles where uh, EW did their predictions, and they're they're pretty much mine. That's fantastic. So that's cool. Uh, do, do we like to end with our favorite movie slash movies of the year? I have three. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, you you can you go first. Um, I put him pretty much in rank by I don't I don't really know they're they're three completely different movies I don't know why I put them in a rank but um number one would have to be Call Me By Your Name and then two just because it was so freaking hilarious I had to put Thor Ragnarok (laughs) and then um and then Blade Runner those were like the three that that really stood out to me because I found like a list on Wikipedia of all the movies that had come out this year and those three like stuck out to me the most yeah, um, that's great. Um, if I had to pick one, my... it'd probably be called by your name. Yeah, uh, my well, I guess I'll do my three. I'll start with three. Um, I love Dunkirk. I think that's probably my my three. Um, my number two is Blade Runner for sure. Um, and then the number one is Call Me by Your Name. Like <laughs> surprise, I, I literally surprise. <laughs> no fucking surprise here. I fucking love that movie. So uh, I have to like literally stop myself from watching it every day this is a very real situation that i feel like the people around me are probably like will you just stop playing the music constantly that would be just like amazing (laughs) are you always playing it out loud why don't you put headphones on i do put headphones on but i just i've also convinced everybody else around me that this movie is fantastic so i think they're like okay with it so it's not like 
they don't like it and I keep putting it on and I just keep having it on the TV all the time. <laughs> all right, um, that's good. Yeah. So, and then I ordered myself a beautiful poster that I had to make um, for myself, but I got a, uh, a the Italian poster for Call Me By Your Name, which is a uh, Chiamami Col Tuo Nome. So I have that one on my wall and it's huge and I love it so much and I see it every day. <laughs> So yeah, I won't be able to forget. <laughs> um I guess just just some lasting thoughts on uh on this year's movies and and on the academy. Um even though it's fun to guess and see who wins best picture, I would I would highly recommend you take the time to really watch all of these because they're all great wonderful movies in their own way and it's yeah, re- it's definitely. really not fair that only one gets to be picked it's not um yeah the oscars are just completely not fair and it's honestly it's just the fanfare and it's just the fun of it that we really love obviously but you know yeah all, all these pictures all the movies that were that were nominated and even a lot of the ones that weren't are totally worth seeing so you know that's true yeah, and definitely, and, you know, reading through the Entertainment Weekly has really showed me that, you know, so many movies get created every every day, every year, every decade, that it's it's really a shame that some of these really um, older, like, great ones just kind of get forgotten sometimes, sometimes. Like, you know, with, with so many movies coming out, it's hard to keep tabs on everything, but um, I really... I'm really happy that EW put this put this magazine together because now I have like a list of what I definitely want to go back and watch because those were the movies that started all this. Um, yeah, you had to start somewhere, and and I'm really excited to go to take a blast into the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, good luck to all the contenders. Um. It's. Uh, I really. I can't wait to see see how everything unfolds at yeah. uh, at this year's Oscars. <laughs> Hopefully, it won't be such a shit show like last year. Oh my god, that was so funny. I can't. I. Can't. I was like so drunk by that point too. I was like, I just can't even process what is even going on right now. Like. Oh yeah, I'm honestly. definitely. We're gonna do like a. We're gonna do like an Oscars drinking game, Alessandra. <laughs> From across the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just gonna text you the entire time, like let's live get let's, text. Let's get shit faced at both sides of the continent. Uh, <laughs> Best night of the year, man. Best night of the year. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I gotta I gotta stock up on some champagne. Um, it's gonna be exciting. Um, a few announcements. Uh, what was our last What was our last episode, Alessandra? What did we do? Indy? Columbus. Columbus. Indy. Was it Columbus? Was it was it indie? I think it might have been indie. Was it Columbus? <laughs> I think it was Columbus. No, it was Columbus. Well, if you haven't seen either of those, I uh, highly recommend you uh, go take a listen. We uh, we delve deep into Columbus. It's actually a really great movie. Um, yeah, you, you really should see it. It's really good. Yeah, if you're interested in architecture at all, which we both aren't, but it was a really great movie. Um, you should definitely listen to that. If you have not listened to our Pride and Prejudice radio play um yeah amazing take take really 40 take 45 minutes and and listen to it you know if you're 
if you're doing some work and just need some something to listen to, highly recommend. Uh, we put a lot of work into that and we're really proud of it. Um, so please take a listen. Let us know what you think. And um, yeah, and love- our Call Me By Your Name podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, we talk about and Dunkirk. You know, if you haven't listened, Dunkirk. yeah, if you haven't listened yeah. to uh, those two, they're 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 nominated. They one of them might win. Who knows? We talk about both of them. Yeah. So go take a mm-hmm. listen. Um. Yeah, so if you want to follow us, uh, please find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at ByThePopcorn. And you can also find us on Facebook if you just search All By The Popcorn. You could email us our, at uh, allbythepopcorn at gmail.com or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. And, and we'd really appreciate some reviews on SoundCloud, uh, Apple and Podcasts. ITunes. Yeah, um, and then we also are on basically any other podcast uh, app. Um, I have Pocket Casts. We're on there. Um, I tried to submit to Spotify. I think I'm going to see if we, we are on that. I will check. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, is that it? I guess. Um, thanks we for will... listening. Yeah, and I, I think the next time I'm going to be out of town next weekend, so we will see what our next podcast is but uh we will see you all next time yeah thanks for listening happy oscar season <laughs> woo woo bye bye, bye. even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.